seekers, explorers and rule breakers out there. I'm your host Christopher Lemke and welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. Today we're uh, embarking on a new journey on uh, this podcast. We're uh, presenting you with a new concept uh, of uh, an episode which we are calling Carte Blanche. And uh, carte blanche meaning that you have a free ticket or uh, all the doors are open to you. And um, the idea of it is that I, I invite uh, Barbie Layton, my friend Barbie Layton, to uh, join me in a discussion uh, around one topic or another. And uh, the sky is the limit in terms of where we go with it. And it allows us to both show up completely vulnerable and uh, sharing you know our insights and our thoughts and our uh, perspective on uh, whatever the topic is so the sky's the limit and in this episode Barbie and I are delving deep into the idea of balancing the gender energies within the person so we all have male and female energies within us and uh, our gender constructs, if you like, tend to be that men should have an abundance of male energy and f- women should have a, uh, an abundance of female energy. As you will come to find out, we certainly feel that uh, a balance between these energies within each person is desirable and should be uh, sought after, so to speak. And uh, how do you go about doing that? and uh, what are the implications of being imbalanced in your male and female energies and uh, how can you remedy and what happens when you reach that balance so get grounded get your philosophical cap on get your notebooks ready and get ready to dive deep here's barbie and i in carte blanche enjoy Okay, so today I have, as I mentioned before, uh, my friend Barbie Layton, and uh, this is the first installment of our uh, podcasting series together that we call Carte Blanche. And uh, today we're going to chat about emotional energy and its expression. So uh, love having you with me as always, Barbie. It's discussions with you always uh, go on for hours and hours, but today we'll try to be a little more succinct the benefit of the listeners and uh, see if we can be focused on one topic <laughs> so they, we've uh, talked a lot about the emotional ex- emotional energy with men and women and that we obviously both men and women have aspects of the other as in yin and yang and it's finding that balance right so first of all welcome hello and uh, what do we uh, what do we feel about that <laughs> Hi. Well, it's always a pleasure to be. I don't think I've missed any of your podcasts or the episode episode that I was a guest on, which is great. But um, I know that since we're both part of the Mind Valley Premium Coaching, it's been really cool because there's a new platform called Insights. And on Insights, we've had these conversations about different kinds of things and how people express themselves. And just as a disclaimer, um, we're not talking about the construct of gender. We're not talking about any of the fluidity, et cetera. We're just talking about our own personal experiences. Um, so oftentimes people have these different constructs depending on which kind of like, you know, couplings that they have, et cetera. But I think that a lot of times there is a missed interpretation 
from women that look at the fact that men seem to be able to kind of like get their anger to a boiling point and then they kind of like hash it out. They might argue, they might even fight a little bit, but then after that, they kind of high five each other and they kind of pat each other on the backs and then they end up going having a drink or playing basketball and they seem to have resolved it and everything's fine. Whereas women oftentimes play dirty and they'll be very petty. They can be jealous. Um, they find a way to get back at the person by you know, cutting them at the quick of gossiping or other things like that. So there's kind of this different format of the way that people um, just from that perspective interact with each other. And a lot of it's very, very toxic, but I don't think that the women understand how men process it. And I don't think men necessarily understand how women process it. So what your comment was that sparked this conversation was that you said a lot of times, even though it might seem that men have already resolved the situation, it's really unresolved emotions that just get swallowed up and then they just get sublimated into the subconscious. So they're really not expressed, even though outwardly it looks like they made nice and everything's good. So that's where I wanted your input or information as to how you felt about that. Yeah, and the, the behavior stems very much from the programming and the societal norms that we we grow up with you know men are not supposed to be emotional creatures and uh you know females or women are supposed to be in a certain way when it comes to emotions and men often complain that women are too sensitive uh however uh and women complain that men are too pragmatic and uh, you know not emotional enough However, when a man is emotional and shows up vulnerable, then uh, he's often accused of being too sensitive. And when when a woman shows up, being showing displaying some of those more male energies, uh, and of course we're not talking gender, physical gender here. We're talking energies. Um, they get accused of being, you know bitchy and what have you <laughs> and it's like um so it but that also comes from i think predominantly when people are not conscious or aware of their own uh, role and their own uh, participation in the experiences that when you don't have that self-awareness of your balance of male versus female energies within yourself then you will use see it from the perspective that you know since before, which is whatever your parents told you or your friends told you or whatever you've experienced in media or the government or what, whatever it may be. So, uh, of course, if, you're, if you grew up in Sweden like I did, it's ingrained in you that, or not ingrained, but it, it's, it's obvious to you that there should be equality in society. And, you know, there is this big discussion now in Sweden about with um, Muslims wearing the uh, niqab or burqa or whatever it may be, uh, where the feminists see that as an, uh, an oppression and th they want to outlaw it like they've done in France. But the followers of Islam they see it as a, as a reverence to God. So there's, you know, it's difficult to, for the society to make statements that this is how you need to be uh, if you're a woman, or this is how you need to be if you're a man. But he always tries to do that. Like 
and now so in Sweden it's swinging the other way isn't it um, and in America uh, where you're from Barbie as you obviously know <laughs> it's uh, you know the dynamics between men, men and women is a wholly different than it is in Europe as a whole so it's also a lot based on the culture where you come from you know whether it's being religious culture or uh, you know the notion of a national culture um so yeah from a male point of view it's you know i always grew up people or you know people around me complaining that i was too sensitive um so i obviously had to shut that part of me down because it wasn't accepted by the tribe uh, within which i operated um it was until you know i decided that i was going to do this for myself and if my tribe wanted to accept me the way I was, then great. If they didn't, then that's that's their choice, right? So really following the, the ideas of Brene Brown and showing up vulnerable and allowing people to see that we are, pe- we are human or we are souls having a human experience. And part of that experience is to feel emotions, is to express emotions. That's the whole point. It's having the experience of those emotions. And if you can't express them, then you suppress them. And that then that just piles on and becomes layers on, on the onion. So yeah, the having uh, as a man fighting it out, uh, if you have an argument with someone, just duking it out and then high-fiving going in to have a beer. Yeah, you haven't resolved it as an individual. You may have resolved, you know, the, the immediate challenge, but one has been subdued to conform with the other. It hasn't been an equal arrangement of uh, understanding. More often than not, it has been the one has been subdued by the other and accepts those terms. So this sounds like you're actually talking about the animal kingdom, though. It sounds like you're talking about the lions that basically the adolescent lions that attack the you know male so that they can basically get the females that are in the pride. Or then you have the gorillas that basically will jump on the other ones that they might think of, not the alphas, but the betas, and they kind of sublimate those. I mean, in the in the animal species, of course, a lot of that has to do with mating. But in regards to what you're talking about is that by one other person having like the other, the one man has to subdue his will to the other man. And then they basically kind of shake hands as if everything's fine, but it's still in the hierarchy. Each one of those kind of has an idea of which one is the one with the tail between the legs and then which one has the tail out. Yeah. So, and that, that is part of the story that we're being told, isn't it? That, you know, it's our primal part of our primal nature. Now I disagree with that. Because I think when we are born, we are all born with a pure essence. Um, so the whole idea of competition and within that realm of uh, thinking is all within the societal construct. So we don't live in tribes like we used to. We, we have a totally different situation in terms of how we interact and connect with people and how we connect with the communities and uh, so forth. So the whole idea of that there needs to be this, that there is an innate or an intrinsic 
um, primal nature in that respect is is not i don't agree with that because it's something that has been imprinted in the fabric of society and therefore is then imprinted on the person if you take a person and allow them to evolve fully without uh, any type of uh, influences and maintain that pure essence those those type of behaviors are not going to be there it's going to be uh, much a pure version. I mean, uh, take the Dalai Lama, for example. You know, he never grew up with those influences. He grew up with his soul being allowed to manifest in his physicality from the get-go. So he, you know, never had to come up against these, uh, or he was never programmed with these things that we, we, the rest of us grow up with. So therefore, he's able to embody and ex express compassion like it's, it is his nature, because it is. Well, and I think that also, to me, I think a lot of the things that have happened that have made it also very tricky is the corporate culture. And I know you've written different articles about that as well, that when you start legislating, you know, I think that we got into this whole thing about where you have anger management classes for people and then you have sexual harassment classes for people that they all have to you know sign off on that you know you understand that you're not allowed to make an off-color joke or etc cetera, etc cetera. and then from that perspective i think that um you know they always have kind of like that adage of where you know when the boss yells at the the employee and then the employee comes home and yells at his wife and then the wife yells at the kid and then the kid yells at another kid and then the kid yells at the baby and then the baby pulls the tail of the dog it's like just this whole thing kind of has this whole you know like filter down from different things and i think that you know i mean we have words like emasculate of basically where you take you know the, the masculinity away from a man by having emasculated him by you know by scolding him or yelling at him etc so i mean those are definitely things that are in our language and in corporate culture you, you have a lot of women that feel like for them to be able to play with the, you know, the big boys, so to speak, they have to be hyper-masculine. So you have a lot of women who are running in the corporate culture who are just like these puffed up female looking, you know, men, but then you also have men who feel like they've been emasculated because they're not allowed to express what they call toxic masculinity or any kind of like, you know, assertive, dominant, you know, like cis male, alpha male behavior. So they're kind of sublimated in a sense or subjugated to their states. So it's almost like they've, the cor corporate culture is in many ways made everything kind of bland and compartmentalized it. And what I've seen in society that I think has been really, really problematic, and I'm hoping that kind of old fashioned values will come back is that you have a lot, at least what I see, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but what I see a lot of times, and, and I mean, I think some women do this too, but I think people have compartmentalized their lives so much to the point of where they have like, especially single people who are on apps all the time. So you have basically, you know, when people always make the joke, there's an app for that. So you have people who are like, okay, for my work, I've got my digital stuff. Then you basically, so like in Jersey Shore, they used to make a joke about gym tan laundry. Those were like their three lists of, you know, where Polly D and, and, you know, those guys used to go out there and they do their, you know, gym tan laundry, no matter what. But then you add things of where, you know, you have creepy, like, you know, like sites like Tinder and then Grindr. And then you have all these different kinds of things where people can hook up like in like public places and do all sorts of crazy stuff. So in a sense, it's all also compartmentalizes of where if you're not allowed to have any kind of a sexual desire, any kind of emotions about that in the workplace, then you sublimate that and you put that into a compartment. So then you basically have gym tent laundry 
hook up with somebody random on a, a dating app, but then you never ever have any emotional connection with that person any any time. And you have words like ghosting and you know basically you know booty calls and hookups and blah blah blah. So you've got this hookup culture that's also I think in some ways really disconnected people from even any of their natural biological emotions of of having like permanent relationships where they actually have commitments and they they want to explore that other person, et cetera. So that basically to me, it's in all of those type of apps, you cut the emotion out of it entirely. The emotion mm -hmm. is just gone. It's all just about the artifice of looking at the photograph and you go shopping and like, yep, today, yep, I want this color, this color, this, this thing. Yep, that's the attribute that I want. Yep, this is one. And then boom, boom, boom. And the next thing you know, it's like, but then you forget about it because it's like having a candy bar. It's like, it's 240 calories of sugar and it's just out of your mind in, in five seconds, even though you just interacted with a human being and you you literally, you know, it was just a consumption or transactional and like whatever amount of time it was and it didn't mean anything. Well, excuse the uh, idea of the relationship and uh, the, what elements are to go into a relationship. Of course, you know, th that experience of the relationship is for the individual to decide for themselves, themselves what that is. And clearly the, the collective conscious energy that we, we are experiencing now is that separation at the moment. Uh, I firmly believe it will swing back towards uh, more of a cohesive uh, function of uh, you know what belongs in that relationship. But then again, it, then it'll keep on swinging back to towards the more conservative view of it. So you know, no sex before marriage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So liberation always has that that kind of um, backside to the coin. But I think as a fundamental, and I, as you mentioned, I have written on this, as a fundamental point of view, when we look at society, society is uh, hierarchical. And it's been built up over the centuries or the millennia uh, by men for men. Because when we started out as humans, men were the physically stronger, so we were in charge of feeding or bringing food to the tribe and protecting the tribe. Women were the nurturing, and they would then establish a hierarchy amongst themselves. And then, and that, that was a survival technique, right? So when we then come in to uh, become more evolved, this then is kept within the societal structure. So when we now come into more of an egalitarian and equality mindset, we are still functioning in the old paradigm where we have a hierarchical system in religion, corporate structure, in government, in society, what have you. It permeates everything where it's really set up for the alpha male to succeed. So for a woman to succeed in that system, she has to mimic the alpha male and oftentimes overcompensate to fit in. And so if you look at a lot of the political leaders where women have actually made it to the top, they often are just a, embody as much male energy as the men themselves do. Just oh, uh, in, uh, in uh, New Zealand, I think is a bit of a, um, 
she is an anomaly and she's a perfect example of the uh, exception to the rule or the exception that makes the rule. Um, so what, in order to change that paradigm, you know, that cannot come from the top down because the immune response against such a move or such a, a, a reformation, if you like, is going to happen at the top already. So it has to happen bottom up. It has to be us as individuals saying that this is the, the future we want to see. We can't solve it in th this current system. We have to move into a new system. And it's the people that make the system. So if, if we want any change, we have to all change our mindset and move in and find that balance of uh, male, uh, male and female energy within each and every one of us so that we can find space for both sides in everybody and amongst everybody to build up uh, and build up these different uh, structures. So how that society is going to look, I don't know. But one thing that I'm working on and starting with is to inject the idea of focusing on passion within the corporate structure. Um, because passion is something that is much more of a female energy. And if you do that, then you allow the one who's the most passionate to kind of float to the top as opposed to the one who's the most aggressive, right? Okay. So it's, it's a systematic challenge and it's the same thing when we talk about, um, uh, you know, uh, racism and so forth in society. It's systematic in that you can't actually see it because it is the system. So when people say, oh, there's no systematic racism, it's not because they, you know, they, they are being racist. It's because they can't see it because it's the whole system is built up to be that way. And the same thing, you know, for women, it doesn't matter if the woman is going to make as much as the man, she's still not going to succeed on the same, uh, at the same, uh, on the same, on the same, um, same way that the man is because she's still the one who carries the baby, for example. So she's still going to lose out on that time. And whatever time she spends on her career, she's going to, have, she's going to sacrifice um, time with her baby and that connection there. So granted, in Sweden, men and women uh, have opportunity to have equal um, uh, time with the, the, the child as maternity and paternity leave, which I think is fabulous. So it's a beautiful thing to do. And I used it myself. And I think I have a far better connection with my children than many other fathers because of it. Um, but that's only one step. And it's something that comes from the government down. Now, if we can all change our mindsets and go into a more balance between the female and the male energy, you wouldn't have to do the, uh, these courses in businesses say you know showing how how you should be treating women and uh, you know the the equality training and the the um, uh, all the different sexual harassment training wh whatever it may be you don't have to do that 
because you yeah. know intrinsically how you're supposed to act. Right? Well, and that's also where you get, I think, I really wish we could eradicate the whole concept of battle of the sexes out of the terminology too, because I think that that is so counterproductive. And I think that there are a lot of women who really, really love what it is about a man. There, there are a lot of women who think that what a man brings to the table is amazing. And there's so much about a man that is so spectacularly unique and fabulous. And I think there are a lot of men who see a lot of women as being the same thing. They see all these feminine qualities and they love mm -hmm. everything about them, et cetera. But I think that there's this unconscious hostility that is being voiced where it's almost like, you know, from a competitive thing. I mean, the true fact is that due, due to the, the pandemic, 100,000 women, to the point what you were talking about, 100,000 women just left the work field or workplace in the last year because they had to go back to take care of their children and they had to make that choice between their work and their and their children. Yeah. And, you know, and that is in some ways kind of an unfair burden to be able to put on, you know, one gender. But as you said, it's the traditional role of the mother to be able to take care of that. But I think that if we look at from the perspective of, I think what you're talking about, I really agree too, is that I think there's going to be a, a swing back to old fashioned values. I think we're going to get to a point of where we will have device free areas where people aren't allowed to have phones or devices of any kind because people will insist upon that. And then I also think too that I wouldn't be surprised even from a digital perspective that the whole concept of you know, chivalry and courting comes back in the sense of where people really talk about that whole enfoldment and how natural it is and how beautiful that is of really, really getting to know, you know, the depths of another person that you're interested in pursuing. And that is something of where, you know, we think about that as quaint and, 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 you know, old fashioned, but the idea, you know, to me about, you know, people writing love poems and just little tokens of gifts and, and just those little sweet things that allow you to be able to really fall into a space with a person that you feel really, really comfortable with, that takes time and effort. And ultimately, I think that, you know, Vishen referred to that on, on one of his calls when he was talking about going on a date, that women really, really do require safety. They require mm -hmm. safety and they also require trust. And from an emotional perspective, you know, having some dude that comes at you basically is like, oh, can I come over and, and hang out at your house? And you haven't met them before. You're kind of like, no, mm -hmm. no, no, you really you can't. <laughs> No, that's not that's not ever happening because it's, it's the kind of thing of where women have to think about their safety in a different way that than men have to it's just yeah. kind of the, the the reality of the situation and i think that as we're moving into more of a globalist world etc i'm hoping that we will have these conversations about emotions kind of like what you're talking about with sweden with the different culture clashes of different people coming in because it it, it has to be that they're is a respect of other people's differences and their cultures but it also has to be of where if we want to have this globalist society that we've been wanting to move into, we do have to have some of those conversations of instead of just, oh, this is how I've always done it, or this mm -hmm. is how my culture always did it, or this is the way that I've always been, or this is how it is. I think that there can be this new fusion of where, you know, I mean, I remember in the 80s, I mean, you and I are basically the same age. Remember in the 80s, they had all those United States of Benetton ads? Oh, sure. Remember all those? Those were awesome because it was yeah. literally like bringing people from all over the world. And that was a groundbreaking ad campaign because literally just talking about like, we are the world, you know, that whole song that came out, yeah. it was just like focusing on everybody being unique and allowing that to flourish. Well, just but I think to mention, not to mention uh, live aid. I mean, yes. You know, yes. that, that idea of coming together for a bigger purpose. It was amazing. And we don't really see that the same way 
these days. I mean, I think there are attempts to do that, but you know, it's it's um, it all comes down to compassion, doesn't it? You know, having it, it, com- it having compassion for your fellow man or fellow woman, as it were, um, and having compassion for their story and taking an interest in connecting with them on a human level, as opposed to saying, well, as you said, this is how I've always done it. I don't want to change. But the fact is that you don't have to change to allow someone else to change parts of what they're doing. You can observe what they're doing. You don't need to be part of it. But yeah, society is always going to change. And that's, I think a lot of people are finding that hard to understand or to move into that that feeling because it's, you know, oh my God, am I going to lose my traditions? Are we going to lose Christmas because we have all these people of other religions coming in? Um, so it's, it is challenging for people to be pulled into that. And that's where I'm saying society can't do it. You have to do it on an individual basis and people need to understand, you know, that it is okay, but they have to do, they have to come to that realization themselves. Uh, it can't be legislated. No, and I think it's also something of where it's like, I think all of what you're talking about too, the compassion part, part of it also goes to communication. So when you have communication in the moment of where you can actually feel, I mean, that's the part about where when you have the opportunity to be with one person, you also have the opportunity to go deep with that person of where then in that moment, they also start to understand your rhythms and your moods and your other things like that, or where they know who you are. And I think that allowing that the women allow the men to be able to come more from the perspective of being more emotional and being able to share what they're authentically feeling and being vulnerable. And then allowing the woman to be able to say, like, if she has things where she's feeling needy or insecure, or like, you know, like, crazy in some sort of a way that she also knows that she can express that in a safe way where she feels like it can just be expressed in that moment that she'll be received in that sense and then basically move on from that topic but I think a lot of women they hold back from even sharing that kind of stuff and then if the man's also holding back from sharing that stuff then both people are holding back from sharing anything so then the intimacy can't really actually occur because they're not sharing those emotions and until you literally allow someone to see the good the bad the ugly of yourself you're not really showing your full authentic self. And that's the thing about, you know, where I think sometimes people, they get enamored with that Instagram photograph of someone and they'd really like to have the experience of just being around them for a few hours because they don't have to see any of that kind of stuff. They don't have to see when they're sick and vomiting and they have to bring them soup or they don't have to see when they're, you know, having a bad day or they don't have to see when they're angry or all those other kind of things. It's like, I think in some ways, a lot of the apps that we've had, the digital things, they give us an opportunity to say, well, I could take this person in this way but I don't want any of this. So I'll just mm. have this and I can log on to this. But then when I'm done with that, I'll just log off to that because I don't really need to deal with this person. And, you know, I mean, as I've been ghosted in the past and it literally feels like somebody stabbed you in the heart. It's, it's like, and then if I talk to my married friends who, you know, been around, you know, they've been together for, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years, they haven't dealt with any of this crap. They haven't dealt with any of it. They don't know anything about it. It's just like, to them, they're like, well, that sounds really weird. But it literally, it feels like a physical affront in the sense of where you're like, okay, what just happened? Or else the other thing that I find is very strange is that, you know, you're in, you, you know, that you're in the queue. So it's like the A string of where you're like number one, two, three, and five. And then basically like the person's like super talking to you. And then the next thing you know, like, you know, you don't hear from them, but then like, 
two weeks later goes by and then all of a sudden they come back and you're like, oh, I, I see. So I was number three of the five of the queue. So you decided that the other two didn't work out. So now you're going to come back and now you're my retread and kind of like delete. So then, then it gets this weird, this weird stuff of where it's like, I don't like playing games with anybody's emotions. I don't like playing games with, I mean, just, I like to be authentic in all of my in, encounters with everybody, if at all possible. But in those kind of things, it's very, it's very difficult in the sense of where like all those digital kind of things, especially with that emotional stuff, it's not really set up for people that are real. It's set up for people who just want to like play video games pretty much with like, and it's like this, this hunger games of, of craziness. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, it's the MTV attention span, you know, it's the people don't pay attention to their, well, A, people don't want to see their own shadow. Correct. So how can we expect them to want to see someone else's shadow? And how mm -hmm. can we expect them to share something they don't want to see themselves? So, That's right. so people don't show up authentically as themselves in a, you know, allowing themselves to be vulnerable. Uh, so it becomes a coping mechanism and a, an escapism when, you know, people, you, you, as you say, they rank people, or what have you, because they're not in touch with themselves to understand who they are connecting with, because it's so much garbage going on in within themselves. So that, the, as you know, when you get triggered, it's because something is within yourself. You have an element of that within yourself that is has not healed. Uh, so it's they can't they can't see past the triggers as it were because they haven't healed it within themselves so when they encounter someone that would be a perfect match there might be something that triggers within them and they dismiss it you see what i mean so it's, it's because people sleep walking through life that and refusing to deal and approach and address their emotions and just knowing that, you know, yes, emotions hurt sometimes. And that's part of the experience. It's okay. If as long as you let it arise and pass through you, then it will disappear faster than if you suppress it and ignore it. Because then it'll come back and make yourself known time and time and time and time again until you actually just observe it and let it rise and escape. Right. So I think there are a lot of those emotional pains that still exist within people that behave in that way. Sure. And that's the part about where I think that, you know, there are a lot of people that will, they'll just settle for pretty much anybody. They just want somebody next to them. They don't want to be by themselves. So therefore I, I call, I mean, I knew this lady that I was going to, to work with and she had a hope chest and she had all these beautiful linens and crystals and princess house crystals and all the stuff that she had as a hope chest for the, the man that she was going to marry. And she kept having all these, like, she literally had photograph frames that had a picture of her and then a picture of a man with a head cut out. There was no face. And she would, and it was like her whole thing. of like, okay, well, someday this man will be like his face. He'll be here. And, and then she ended up finding somebody that was a, not really for her it was just kind of a placeholder she was completely miserable and then she kept asking like but I had all the things in place I had my hope chest I had my crystal I had my this I had my that it was like my picture frame was there and so to me 
I, I came up with an idea that I think about, it's just like insert picture here. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's not beneficial for anybody. So, I mean, even for myself personally, I decided that, I mean, cause a lot of these people I'm talking about, like the men on like some of these dating sites, I mean, they're uber successful, super attractive, you know, driving Maseratis, doing all sorts of really cool stuff that they think is like the package as to what now entitles them to date what they consider high caliber women, but it's really just like sifting through them. Like, you know, like they're eating chips out of a bag. It's not really like they're dating. They're just kind of like, yeah, this one, this one, next one, whatever. So I think that it's still really important. And so for myself, I came to the conclusion that I would rather be alone than with somebody who's a jerk. I would rather be alone than with someone that I'm just creating some drama where this person annoys the hell out of me. And I just want them to be away from me, but I just need to have somebody just there that there's just no place for that. And so I think that having the opportunity of where, when you really look at your emotions of where I'm not going to invest my authentic emotions with somebody that I don't feel is worthy of my time or attention or at my, at my level. And that's something of where I think that people also have to have some respect for themselves and they have to also pull themselves forward in the sense of where, cause I, I, I always, feel really bad for people who really love drama or people who talk about like oh my god it's so great to have makeup sex because and I'm like yeah but don't you have to fight before that yeah but the makeup sex is so great and I'm like but don't you have to fight before that yes but but you're kind of like so you're deliberately creating this fight with somebody so you can have makeup sex with this person because your sex life obviously isn't exciting enough that you have to be able to fight with the person before you can do like huh I'm like <laughs> that makes no freaking sense like, how about you just have a hot sex life and you don't have to worry about like having the fight before it just, I don't know. No, it's, uh, I mean, that's where we are as a species, we are emotionally damaged. And you know, if you have to, like a lot of people need this adrenaline kick to feel alive. And exactly. it is, it is really a, a, uh, symptom of uh, you know where we are at as a society because right. you know if if you show up authentically with yourself in the present moment then you feel completely alive and you are able to share yourself freely and willingly with anybody whether that is a love interest or anything else um, so in my experience, it's, doesn't matter whether you have a love interest or if there is a connection, then you, you, you thrive on that connection. You, you experience that connection for however long it's going to last, whether it's the rest of your life or if it's going to last for 10 minutes, but the, the, when it goes into a love relationship, then obviously you add those elements of the more intimate relationship. But if you have shown up, shown up as, as uh, vulnerable and shown up as your authentic self, then you already have that connection with the person on a much deeper level. And then whatever, you know, that is going to show up uh, in the more intimate relationship it's going to be perfectly okay. And it's going to be just so much more fabulous because you don't have to play these games. You know exactly where you have each other, right? Exactly, exactly. But that is the 
that's the challenge because of the dynamics between the male and female energies and the idea of society relating to those. I mean, yin and yang is age old concept and it's not that, you know, one side is bigger than the other. They are perfectly equal and they both have themselves in each other. So it's yeah, find, finding that balance, that yin and yang within ourselves to say, yes, in this lifetime, I am uh, experiencing myself as a man. But I also have the female aspect of myself or the energies of myself that is nurturing, that is caring, loving, uh, you know, uh, intuition, all of these energies and if I ignore that, then there's going to be imbalance because then I allow the the male energies to take over, and then I become, uh, you know, overtly aggressive. I become, you know, domineering. I become, you know, power hungry. Whatever it may be, and then I'm not actually doing myself a favor. Then I'm then I'm starting to uh, live in a in a perpetual kind of spiral where I create uh, experiences for myself that are going to be good lessons but they're not they're going to be less than pleasant until I realize that I need to have that balance Um, and it's a difficult thing to do it's so difficult to break out of that and come into to you know come into a situation where you say you know what yes I need to find this balance and I need to break out of this old identity. And A, to realize that and to B, actually do it, takes courage and a hell of a lot of work. So no wonder people aren't doing it because <laughs> it's not easy. It's not something you do on a, a Sunday a Sunday afternoon. No, but you're also talking about balance. And I think that that way you're talking about the yin and yang, like when, when a person is fully actualized, they have those two concepts within themselves and then they're able to connect with that, with the person that they find that they want to basically partner that with as well. But it's still having that balance allows you to fuse those emotions to the point of where you know that you're all in and that you're not making any of the emotions that you're expressing wrong or bad or good. You're not labeling them as you know, valid or not valid in, in the sense of where when you get a, an emotion that you say, oh, that's really odd. I don't normally think about that. Okay, so where is that coming from? And then the other question also is a lot of times to ask, is that even my own energy? Because a lot of people, especially empathic people, a lot of times you're, you're, you're processing other people's emotions that aren't even yours. So mm-hmm. asking yourself, okay, is that my energy? And then from that perspective, you, you also kind of like, that's where I think having a meditation practice, a spiritual practice, being able to go within, to be able to find out whether or not the things that you're experiencing can be managed within yourself, but then it's not, it's, there's nothing wrong with also asking for help and assistance and being able to manage those as well. And that's where you choose. And it was funny that um, you in Jason's podcast, you were talking about the in five years, the people that you surrounded yourself with in the books that it was in the group, I actually posted that. So that was funny that you referred to that. I was like, yeah, I posted that, but it's so true. It's, it's yeah. literally, I think part of the, the idea too, is that 
if you have a certain emotional makeup and you want to basically be a man that gives yourself the opportunity to experience the full spectrum of all of your emotions, including crying and including anger and everything in between and love and everything else, then you also surround yourself with other people in your life who will give you the opportunity to be authentically you in those spaces. And the same thing with, you know, females is the same thing of where um, I think sometimes there can have these courageous conversations where amongst females, they just say, you know what? let's just cut this petty bullshit. Let's just not have this backbiting. Let's just have this conversation out in the open and let's discuss it. How can we re, how can we renegotiate this? How can we make sure that this is good for everybody where everybody just doesn't go into their own little, little separate areas and just talk crap about people, et cetera, because people can feel that energy. It's almost like this toxic stuff that's mm -hmm. out in, you know, and if it's out in the open, you literally, you can deal with it in the moment. And well, so I think that- yourself from it. Exactly. And if you're in the moment and you can allow yourself to express that, the more you feel like you're all in and that you're expressing. And if it's coming from an authentic place and it's not coming from your wanting attention, it's not coming from this, this, um, I don't know, like completely wounded part or else you can automatically stay, you know, this is kind of like, I'm feeling like I'm hitting a wound from before and I'm not sure exactly what it is, but can I just, you know, share this with you? And then from that perspective, the person also knows that, Oftentimes I think in emotional exchanges with men and women is that a lot of times you think that that's the person, if they're, they're angry with you, et cetera, that they're angry with you, but it's the behavior that they're having the issue with. It's not you per se. So if you can say, you know what, I love you a lot and I think you're amazing, but right now you're kind of being a dick or, you know, or basically of the female, like love you a lot, but you're kind of being a bitch right now. So can we kind of like, you know, and then that kind of snaps a person out as you call it a jolt, it snaps them out of that impression and goes like, oh, okay, well, that's how he's perceiving me. So am I acting like that in the moment? And then you kind of go, oh, okay, take a step back. And then you're like, oh, okay. Because then you still, you're being seen and heard because the person is stating that, you know, I care about you and I love you, but by the same token, this behavior isn't normally you. So what's going on? How can we, how can we deal with it? And then you're not creating, you're not creating unnecessary drama because I think a lot of people, like you said, the adrenaline stuff, especially with all the reality shows. I mean, you've got mm -hmm. all these women who are running around the United, or like the world dressed to the nines and $50,000 outfits that are flipping tables on each other and throwing drinks in each other's faces. I mean, that's kind of what we've devolved into in the last 10 to 15 years. Seriously. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, it's the, it's, the it's, glad, gladiator show of today, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And it's, you know, and women dressed to the nines with, you know, $5,000 Brazilian weaves and they're wearing Fendi and Gucci and all this other kind of stuff. And you're flipping a table in Italy going like, wow. Um, so, and you know, there's one song that I think uh, Luann Decepts from uh, Real Housewives of New York City <laughs> sings called Money, Money Can't Buy You Class. That's no, awesome. that's for sure. But <laughs> it's, I think it also, uh, if you take someone who's imbalanced what they will do unconscious or subconsciously or unconsciously for that matter is that they will seek out to fill that void where to to because we are always seeking balance whether we uh, are doing it consciously or not so if some uh, a man is you know ignoring their female energies as it were you know to have that balance they will draw they will seek to draw in someone to balance that out so someone who's overtly feminine or submissive or yeah. what have you yeah and and without realizing that in order to have a healthy relationship you need to have that balance within yourself and then you can attract someone who's also balanced 
because then you'll have that give and take with you having uh, experience as a man and uh, the other person experience as a woman or whether you're uh, not heterosexual those energies within a uh, homosexual relationship or pan relationship however it is Um, it's all about the balance of the energies so it's it becomes this seeking without knowing that you're seeking it and it's when you realize that you seek it that you start thinking huh if i seek it externally does it exist internally this the uh, story of the you know with happiness you know someone who seeks happiness without realizing that happiness is an intrinsic uh, it's an intrinsic value and the same with love you know uh, it's so beautiful this story with you know the the greatest act of love is to let someone go because you know their true love is somewhere else and it's being okay with that because you know that you are going to be okay because you are fulfilled with both aspects and that it's it is that impermanence that it's okay for that person to leave because you are supposed to be together for whatever uh, moment and it's valuing the time that you have together uh, and not trying to hold on to someone because you base your value of love on that relationship not believing that you can have love without it not understanding that the love actually exists within you and you just the the relationship is an opportunity to share in that love and have that connection right so it's it's the the seeking that is going on now the, the people are seeking to find balance and seeking to fill that void uh, that is causing all of these uh, challenges, I suppose, in the relationships between men and women and men and men and women, women, what have you. But I also think too that there's also, um, I know when I do intuitive life coaching sessions with people that certain people get very fixated on their lists. They get very fixated on has to be this, 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 and this, and la, 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 la. And for me, I don't, I don't have lists. I, I, I believe in the law of resonance. I think that's so much more important where you are resonating at that frequency. And ultimately, um, if you're following your intuition and you're following your inner guidance, then you'll be guided as to know, like when it appears as to what it looks like. And it doesn't have to, um, I think the, the small mental self is so much more limited in regards to what you can pull forward. And when your higher infinite self is able to pull forward, like literally what it wants for you, and then you can recognize it because of the law of resonance, that's to me the most exciting part at all. Like, Well, and people here. are so focused on the outcome and the, the uh, success metrics that are established by society. So if you have a 20-year marriage or a lifelong marriage, that's success. Whether that is being absolutely utterly miserable and the couple absolutely hate each other exactly. at the end of it you know exactly. still they were married all life that's success yahoo um instead of looking at the quality so it's, we we are in a mindset of success metrics where quantity is more important than 
than quality. And it goes back to the same with you know, material success. People that experience uh, great material success where the, the goal has been the material will eventually realize the emptiness of it because they will just keep on seeking the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Um, as opposed to understanding that it's the, the, the material is just a, a function or a tool of being able to do what they're actually supposed to do or what they actually have a passion of doing. Um, and I think that's the same in, in relationships. And when you look at how balanced we are in terms of the male versus female energies, we are so focused on the outcomes that we, we like you say, making lists. You know, as a, a lot of uh, girls when they're little have this vision of how their marriage is supposed to be, what kind of a house they're supposed to live in, um, you know, how their wedding is. I mean, <laughs> I don't know a personal experience, but <laughs> I've heard that, you know, uh, teenage girls will plan their entire wedding before they're even ready to get married. Um, I never heard that. That's that to me. I mean, I played with all my little Barbies and stuff like that, but we never... I, that wasn't the kind of that's what that goes back to that lady i was talking about with the hope chest she had like yeah. the whole thing planned out that yeah. you know all everything and that was, was just that was a focus it. on the outcome as opposed to trusting the law of resonance this is how i want to feel correct i want to have this these are the characteristics i'm i'm hope, <laughs> hoping to feel within myself because if i do that then i will attract that in a, a partner and in a loving relationship so it's not so you know give up on the outcome because you don't decide that anyway that's not within in your control and the more you try to control it the further away <laughs> the the uh, ability to feel those things is going to be from you right but do you think that men and women have a different idea about, because what you're talking about outcomes. So, I mean, obviously marriage for some people is like the pinnacle on that. Like to me, that's the kind of thing. I don't really, I don't really care about that. But um, in regards to. Um, well, that becomes the focus of an outcome as well. Being married. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, but, so, that also so, but it's, it's the it being focused on how you want to feel in a loving relationship or how you want to just connect with people. You know, it doesn't, some, some people, I mean, I'm not going to speak for you, but perhaps for you, it's enough to connect deeply with people and, and that's good enough for you. Now, I probably not, but you know, there is people that are quite okay with that and that's their purpose and that's what they want to do. Some, but they end up getting married because that's what society tells them they have to do. That's the success metric. It's a, a focus on an outcome. Instead of saying that, you know, I'm happy living my own life here and <clears throat> I have my boy or girlfriend living, you know, 2,000 miles away and we see each other once a month. I'm quite happy doing that. That would be a success metric for someone because then they get to experience that that relationship but at the same time get to do all these other things that are uh, equally important to them so yes it's it's um we need to 
it needs to be the observer. It needs to be the individual who establishes what is a successful relationship to them and what is uh, what they seek in that relationship. And you will only be able to do that once you step out of the, uh, shall we say, the, the, the control or the shackles of society where society says this is how we will judge you in terms of you being successful in life and say this is how i expect myself this is how i view my own success and you set up that metric for yourself but those are those three things that I think that really end up making people do some stupid shit. And that is basically that when they, when you see people who like, especially women who have biological ticks that are clock, or biological clocks that are ticking and that they need a baby because of a certain thing, like, you know, oh my God, my eggs, my eggs, my eggs, they're going to expire. And then you've got the, you know, the idea of money where you need to have somebody who's going to provide for you. And then also the marriage of where you want the, you know, the title with the property and all this other kind of stuff too. So I think that if you have these three societal goals, that's where you, that's where you watch people act batshit crazy because they do all this <laughs> manipulating of like, well, if I do this and I do that, and then, oh, I'm, you know, and then you've got these people that they're, I'm ovulating and I'm this, and I'm doing all this crazy shit. And you're just going like, oh my God, but it's all this posturing because they feel all this pressure from society to get the person into the right space of where it's like, oh, he's finally ready to marry me or he's finally ready to be a dad or he's finally going to give me, you know, he's going to buy me a Porsche or whatever kind of stuff. I think when you have these, th those three things that are societal, like norms of like the, the pinnacle of success, if you take all those off the table and you strip it down to what you're talking about and it's the communication of where it's like, it's the feeling of like, the feeling of if I feel loved and I feel supported and I feel cared for, et cetera, that I also know that I can express my emotions freely. Yeah. And then on the flip side, if that's also felt on the other side, it can also reciprocate in this beautiful flowing space in the sense of where, and that's the most beautiful thing too. I think that between a man and a woman, you get to decide within your own, I call it a membrane. It's like between the two of you, you get to decide what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And you don't have to listen to all that chatter. And if you're not listening to any societal chatter, then you're free to express yourself completely authentically and you can come to an agreement together as to well, what does it look like for you? What does it look like for you? What, oh, that, that sounds great. I like that. That makes me feel supported. That makes me feel received. That makes me feel good. And then you don't need any drama because honestly, it's so, everything's so like this beautiful energy because that really is what you know, loving emotions are, it's this beautiful energy that you share with another person, whether mm -hmm. or not it's a, you know, love of an animal, love of a pet, a love of a family member, you know, a, you know, a love of, of a, of a partner. There's just, you know, there's so many different forms of love, but it's still that energy that you recycle between the other person. And it's like, if that energy is there and it's alive and you continue to make deposits into it and it becomes this vibrational escrow where it just continues to expand more and more and more, it becomes the most beautiful thing. And what I really love about it too, is that the more you see beautiful couples around the world, the more they also elevate the planet. So the more people that find themselves in loving specific spaces with other people, the more you have all of these people who are like beaming in each other's eyes and they're so happy to be alive and everything's great. As opposed to people, like you said, who are like, ah, God damn it, my old battle axe and she's da 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 and she wants me to do this again. And you know, the, the, it's just, you're right. Someone's like, oh yes, I got married and I got this, the prize, but then you're with somebody who pretty much yells at you and you don't like them. Well, you you, one, I think you, um, it comes down to a, uh, 
a choice that's uh, you know individual choice and like i've talked in my uh, talked about in my first podcast uh, episode that you know choice is superpower but once you realize that superpower it also comes with the responsibility um yeah and you're always in movies they always uh, portray this woman who's dating this man who's uh, afraid of commitment you know that's our you know societal illness that exists isn't it the fear of commitment um and she's pissed off because the guy they've been dating for five years and the guy hasn't proposed yet and it's like okay whose fault is that (laughs) (laughs) is it the, the guy has obviously made a choice to not commit then it's your choice to say i'm okay with that or to say you know to hell with that you know i i want to i want a sign of commitment and by the time uh, by the way if you've ended up five years down the road and you you are not continuously having conversations as to what you expect of the relationship then you made some choices to ignore that ignore that balance of energy and it becomes a the relationship becomes a coping mechanism because now you're getting anxiety because oh my god i invested five years in this and oh you know and the fact is that it's not too late to have those courageous conversations those authentic conversations at any time but it takes a commitment from both sides that you know this is a a journey that we are going to take together to show up with each other and be present and balance our own energies and say we come together in this relationship as equals because we are both balanced within our female male energies uh and of course you know whether that being a hetero homosexual relationship whatever it is but it's important to understand that you need to show up and do so authentically if you don't then that anxiety is just going to build and build and build and build and the more you ignore ignore it the more it's going to build so it's the same thing we we're talking about before you you suppress those emotions you don't allow them to rise up and to uh, dissipate outside of you um, because you are so afraid of them right and you're afraid that the other person is going to judge you you're afraid the other person is going to get pissed off and leave you because you you need that relationship because you believe that the only play only only way you're going to feel loved or to love is for that uh, with that person which is not the case but the, it's because you have that wound and that hurts within yourself that you have that belief system because you haven't we haven't dared to question the rules that we grew up with uh, you know as vision talks about the bullshit rules um, and it's when we come to the realization that we have chosen to accept these rules as our own we can get pissed off with ourselves and it's difficult to forgive ourselves for living our entire lives accepting these rules and choosing to accept these rules and that's why when i say that you know it's courageous to understand that choice is a um, uh, superpower because but that's <laughs> what you're talking 
that's what you're talking about too though it's like i think that what you were just discussing about somebody who has five years and they haven't had those conversations i think that when you show up as equals and you share this space with another person and you cycle energy and it's all in a very beautiful way where it expands you and the other person again it's in the choosing it's like i'm choosing this person to be in my life i'm choosing this person yeah. to be in my life and as you continue choosing to have that person in your life I say that people come into people's lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Yeah. And that ultimately you have those opportunities to be able to see as to that. And you don't always know what it is that the person fulfills in your life, but by the same token, by being able to, to play full out and to have your, your heart completely unguarded to the very best of your ability, allowing for it to basically blossom into something amazing um, since it has the potential to be that um that's the part of where choosing becomes as you said a superpower because it allows you to continue choosing and then as the other person continues to choose it as well it elevates and it just creates this frequency that other people see as this like you know sonic boom of like electric kinetic energy that they see that's so amazing and they you know they want to be a part of that because they want to be around you because it's such a beautiful it's like the you know the lightning bugs around that you know zapper thing even though it's, mm -hmm. like, it's just constantly <laughs> you know like around it because it's so bright and they're like oh i just want to spin around this because it's so delicious yeah. and and so that's the part too but it, it really is in the choosing and i think that if people also chose i think people wouldn't have all these maladaptive behaviors or emotions that they're coming up with because if they just keep choosing what they what they feel like they're still continuing to grow with other people, then it just becomes more and more in, a, in an escalation of positivity. But then you also, as you said, it's like at some point in time, if you have to, you you then reevaluate and state, you know, am I still choosing this? But then there are certain people that are going to be in your life for the rest of your life. And then there are the people who are not. And you just allow that you don't, as you said, you don't have a, you don't have an answer to the, to the outcome of that, but you play full out in the moment while you're in the situation by choosing to be the best version of yourself and showing up authentically. Yeah, and it's choosing to what vibration or what resonance you want to have within yourself. So choosing how you want to feel. Um, and if people that you surround yourself don't resonate with that, then it's your choice to keep them or leave them or change how you want to feel about yourself or how you feel, what you want to resonate. So it's it comes down to choice all along the whole way. And we, we choose whether the choices we make also allows us to balance that energy, male, female energy within ourselves um, and to find what's optimal for us in this particular experience we're having at this very moment. Uh, it's a constant choice. So if you decide that you want to choose to become show up vulnerable and to uh, allow emotions you will probably lead a, a life that is flowing a little bit more and is easier as opposed to choosing to attach yourself to the outcomes and uh, choosing to be on a con continuous search for something extrinsically that already exists within you. And uh, that is one of the, that becomes the, the pivot or the awakening when you realize that you have a choice. Because a lot of times we don't realize that.
we don't understand that we actually have a choice in the matter. We, we try to, we think we have a choice about everything that goes on outside of ourselves, whereas the choice is actually within ourselves. Well, and that's where being as your source is your own alignment to your own source. So therefore, if you're sourced up with your own, whatever you call it, your own divine source energy, when you're completely like filled up with that, it's then when you can be truly within that vulnerable space of allowing yourself to be seen. For me, it's like always been the sense of where it's like, I don't necessarily want to be seen or heard, but like with the person that, you know, I want to have as a witness to my life, I want to be known. I want to be truly known and from all, all chakras, like, you know, first through seventh and 15 to 20 and out into the interdimensional <laughs> world as well. So, you know, it's like the, the full, the full experience of where, Again, it's not the compartmentalization, but it's just being able to be that free in allowing that full access to all of the all of the subtle bodies, all of the chakras. And that's not necessarily, you know, an easy that's not an easy task because it's uh, it also. But I, I know that I'm at that level of where I'm I am also ready to be able to be at that state to be able to be that much of a vulnerable person. And that's probably the most exciting thing because it's taken many, many, many years of tempering those emotions and sorting through them and figuring out, et cetera. And I think that I've come to the conclusion that I am my own best friend. And so therefore, if I can be my own best friend, then I also can then be an amazing partner. So that's the, well, the best part. Of that. I think you have to start out there. You have to start out loving yourself. You have to start out trusting yourself. You have to start out, you know, being kind and compassionate with yourself then you might then you will you will attract the one that's right for you um because once you start paying attention to those qualities within yourself then you will gradually and quite automatically find that balance within yourself what's going to work for you um find, you know forgiving yourself and having that compassion accepting all that you are good and bad or quotation marks around that um, then you will allow yourself to become whole and you don't actually need to go out and search so like you're saying that you realize you, you, you're your, your own best friend but it's when you do that that you will attract that right Mr. or Mrs. <laughs> or Miss Right you know because then you are completely at ease with yourself and you you don't need to seek out someone to uh, complete you. You're complete and someone else will seek you out because they're complete as well. It is a challenge to be aware of these things and you move around society where people aren't aware of it. And hopefully, you know, we, we get to touch people and allow them to realize these things about themselves. And, uh, hopefully wake up to their their own superpowers and uh, find that balance within themselves. So I think before we wrap up here, do you have any uh, parting words to say on uh, uh, the, the emotional energy and its expression as uh, this talk has been about? I think just that it's, uh, despite whether or not you feel like it's a struggle or not, I think that ultimately when you get to the law of resonance of being able to attract people that resonate at your frequency, finally, 
that it's worth it. And so that I would just state to anyone that's listening that if you're struggling with that and you are doing your inner work and having the dark stuff come up and the shadow work come up and the things about yourself that don't like that you don't like, just keep clearing that stuff, just clearing it out of your life and just keep clearing all the things that you don't want and really, really open yourself up to the things that you do want and know that the universe is an unlimited place and that there is somebody out there for you that will be able to receive you and understand you in the way that you need to be received and understood and that you can reciprocate that back. Yeah, no, beautifully said. And uh, it's uh, back, uh, hit, uh, not future gapping, but looking back at where you came from will give you that strength to take it, seeing what, what you've gone through already will help you to take your through yourself through where you are going um and uh i think once you start asking those important questions of who you are and what you are and you know what you want truly want how you want to feel not what you want materialistically or what outcome you want but how do you want to feel that's when you start that journey and yes it's it's a challenge and it's difficult but it's so worth it, as you say, Barbie. So, until next time, I hope you we've given you plenty to think about. And uh, for now, I will say thank you, Barbie. It's been invigorating and stimulating as always. So uh, I hope to see you soon again on the, the next carte blanche. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll catch you later, Barbie. All right, bye. I hope that was deep enough for you and that uh, you got something special out of it. I certainly uh, got some new insights and, uh, you know, talking through these uh, things usually give you uh, something to reflect on and that you can later then integrate into your life. Barbie and I are both available for one-on-one work and uh, Barbie, you can uh, find her on her website www.youareamazing.online and you can email her on intuitivebarbie that's barbie b-a-r-b-i-e and the numeral one so barbie one intuitivebarbie1 at gmail.com in our coaching workshops we typically use uh, philosophies stories metaphors and so forth to tie it together and bring it back and I grow back down into uh, real life experiences so that we can all kind of reflect on our own experiences and uh, uh, become better versions or the optimal versions of ourselves. So um, if this uh, approach works for you and you're interested in uh, working with us in our coaching workshop at the Alchemy Experience, you can certainly reach out to us and uh, we'll be happy to spend uh, half an hour with you to explore the uh, opportunities and the possibilities that it may offer you. So uh, if you want to get in touch, you can uh, visit us at www.thealchemyexperience.co.uk and uh, we're looking very much forward to hearing from you. On this website, uh, you can also find uh, meditations, and uh, our blog uh, with uh, numerous articles on uh, these different topics that we discuss on the podcast. 
So that's it for me today, but uh, as you know, every Friday at 11.11 GMT, or British uh, time, we drop a new episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. So until then, stay well. <laughs>